Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here. Happy Sunday night. Welcome to the Battle Cry, my favorite place to be on a Sunday night. And it's only my favorite because you're here, so I'm really glad that you're here with me on a Sunday night. I'd be kind of ashamed to do this alone. I might do it anyway for amusement, but it's way better to have you here. So this week, uh, my theme for the battle cry is be united for America. Don't divide. Don't be a divider. Be a uniter. That's what we're going to need as we go forward into 2024. It's what we're going to need as we go into the next election. It's what we're going to need all around the world. We need this country to be united. That's not fluffy, feel-good stuff. I don't mean that you need to be united with people who oppose you and oppose the things you believe in. I need, mean you need to be united on the big picture stuff with the people that you agree with. Hey, before we dig in today, I want to remind you that we relaunched our store. So you can go to article5outfitters.com. That's article5 represented by a V. So article5outfitters.com. And you can go there and you can get great gear like the stuff that I'm wearing here, the shirts, the hats, all of that stuff, mugs, everything we've got, you can get there. It's great sale right now. If you spend 25 bucks, you get a free mystery t-shirt. So we moved our store from California to the free state of Texas. You'll get better shipping. It'll be less expensive to ship. Products are cheaper. Everything's better in Texas. You know, I'm a biased Texan. So again, article5outfitters.com and get your swag today. All right, let's jump right in. I want to jump right in on this theme of dividing versus uniting. And I want to talk about something that is personally difficult for me, something I really wish that I wasn't having to talk about today, a subject I don't really like, uh, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's important. You may have seen this. You probably have seen this if you follow the news and the blogs and conservative personalities like I do. And there is a war that's broken out, unfortunately, in my opinion, between Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. This pains me in particular uh, because I know both of these guys personally. I've had a chance to spend some time with both of them face-to-face, more Tucker than Ben, but I consider myself friendly with both of those guys. I can reach out directly and text with them or, or DM with those guys. And I really admire and respect both of them. So seeing the two of them really go at it in public, it bothers me. It would bother me less if they were just going at it on the basis of a difference of opinion. But it goes way deeper than that right now. Uh, and I'm sad to say that my good friend Tucker Carlson has been attacking Ben and saying that Ben is saying things that he's not saying about Ukraine. And he's talking about how uh, Ben wants American boots on the ground in Ukraine. And Tucker feels like his children are at stake because they're draft age. And uh, he's called Ben a bunch of names. He said that Ben doesn't love his country. Uh, he said that Ben never talks about anything except for Israel. And that's the only thing he cares about. Uh, and that's like a father who doesn't love his own children more than he loves the neighbor's children. I mean, it's just, it's been some pretty rough and in my opinion, dishonest stuff. And I think Tucker actually knows that a bunch of this stuff is untrue. I mean, I can tell you, I personally texted with him about some of this stuff and, and pointed out that some of the stuff that he was saying was untrue. I know a lot of other people have been pointing that out. Look, Tucker's passionate in his belief that we should not be spending any money on Ukraine. And I get that. And I don't think that's an illegitimate policy position. And Tucker seems to believe that anybody believes that in any other kind of policy, uh, maybe more nuanced, maybe that there should be an off-ramp. Ben Shapiro talks all the time. He said, there should be a diplomatic solution here. We shouldn't have an unending bucket of money. There should be strings attached. We should force a settlement. Tucker doesn't acknowledge that Ben said any of that stuff, which is 
Ben's been saying all that stuff for a long time. My position probably closer to Ben's than Tucker's. I really don't like the spending of the money, but I understand why we've done it. I think there's been some benefit for U.S. foreign policy, but I absolutely believe we need an off-ramp. It's not like Ukraine is going to destroy Russia and beat Russia. There needs to be a negotiated settlement to this thing, and the United States needs to force that, and I would argue to force it right away, immediately. I don't mean immediately today, but I would say over the next few weeks or months at the most. So I just don't like that Tucker is attacking Ben in a way that I think is disingenuous and dishonest. The most important reason I don't like it is because it's bad for the movement. It is bad for the conservative movement. These are two icons of the conservative movement, and there's nothing wrong with them disagreeing. This is part of conservatism. We're willing to have intellectual disagreements, but uh, accusing Shapiro of bad faith, of lying, of saying things that he's not saying, I just, I really don't like this. And I completely disagree with it. I think it's bad for the movement. I've actually been weighing in on X about this and, you know, plenty of people disagree with me and that's fine. I appreciate that principal disagreement. Just don't misstate my position. And that's what's going on here. So this is an example of be united for America, don't divide. I think Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson both love America. They're both great patriots. They're both great conservative guys, in my opinion. By the way, Shapiro's been offering Tucker to come on his show, and the response has been just too busy, right? Tucker said, I'll do it at some point, but his staff just keeps saying he's too busy to do it right now. Meanwhile, keeps attacking Ben. Ben is not attacking Tucker in kind, which I find really interesting and telling as well. He's just saying, hey, I keep inviting him on my show to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about this publicly, but he's misrepresenting my position. So I don't like this fight. If I have to take a corner in that fight, I'm with Ben Shapiro on this one. Uh, not because I like Ben better than Tucker or vice versa. I love them both. I think they're both great Americans, but I just think Tucker is wrong in the way he's approaching this. Not even about his position, but about really slandering Ben and misstating his positions and saying things that Ben has never said. So I don't love that. Here's another area where we're doing this divide and not unite. And these are Trump supporters versus the world. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a Trump supporter, I love you. I'm a Trump supporter. I think it's time that these primaries end and Trump's our nominee. And I is the best president probably of my lifetime. Incredible president, did a lot of incredible things. I'm very thankful for him. But we have these Trump supporters that seem to believe if you even say anything about Trump other than he's a demigod and deserves to be up on a pedestal and every single thing he says and does is right. If you do anything other than that, then you're evil and you're, you betrayed him and you're disloyal. This is ridiculous. And it's time for you guys to stop this madness. Okay, I'm going to be honest in what I think about Trump. Sometimes I think Donald Trump says things that are not good. And by not good, often, I mean, they damage his cause. Last week, he went after Nikki Haley's husband, Who's overseas serving and he was attacking him. He's, he's in the military. He's on an eight month deployment away from his family. And Trump's going, Oh, where is he? Why is he gone? Why is he gone all the time? You know, the guy's in the military, right? Cut him some slack. And this is not appropriate. And not only not appropriate, but not good for Donald Trump. Like, I want to see a good conservative elected president. And I think Trump damages himself when he does this kind of stuff. Does that make me disloyal to Trump because I say that? First of all, I'm not loyal to any politicians. I just want to be straight about that. I like politicians to the extent that they're doing good things, and I dislike them when they're doing bad things. And sometimes good politicians do bad things, and bad politicians do good things. And I, as somebody who comments in the public sphere, are going to call that as I see it, as I call it, calling it balls and strikes. That's what I'm going to do. And 
for the people who are Trump supporters that hate that, you guys need to chill out. You know, I'm a Trump supporter. Another guy, Steve Dace, gets attacked all the time. He's a Trump supporter, but he's going to call it out when he thinks something is bad or wrong, and often because he thinks it's going to keep Trump from getting elected, and he doesn't want to see Joe Biden reelected. So if you're a Trump supporter, like I am, generally speaking, then relax when people say negative things about Trump. Not everything that somebody says about Trump makes them a horrible person or anti-Trump or dishonest about Trump. He's not perfect. Far from it. I'm not perfect. Far from it. None of us are perfect. So let's stop pretending that Donald Trump is perfect, right? I think he is going to be a great standard bearer for the Republicans going to this election. If he's the nominee, that's who I'm going to vote for. And that's absolutely who I'm going to support. And when I said, if he's the nominee, let me be let me straighten that out. He's the nominee. So that's who we're going to support. That's who I'm going to support. All right. Uh, next is another group of dividers. The worst of the worst, in my opinion, of the dividers. These are the never Trumpers. These are people who pretend to be conservative, pretend to be Republican, but all they can do is rip on Donald Trump. Uh, and these are the people they've been with us since 2016. They were heated up again in 2020. Uh, they accomplish nothing other than dividing. Uh, they accomplish nothing other than, frankly, in my opinion, humiliating themselves with their stupidity uh, and their inanity. You're annoying everyone. This is not righteous. It's not even right. It's not right as in politically right wing, and it's not ethically right. I mean, you understand that this is a binary choice. Uh, you could choose not to vote if you want. That's up to you. I don't agree with that choice, but you some of you actually supporting Joe Biden, uh, who is somebody with dementia, obviously somebody who's out of his mind, somebody who's insanely corrupt. The evidence is in his family has been profiting off his name and he has been profiting off his name for decades in politics. The evidence in on this stuff. Right. And you think you're going to you say you're going to vote for or support Joe Biden over Donald Trump and you call yourself a conservative or a Republican or both. Really? Just go away. I mean, it's really just time for you to go away. You've embarrassed yourselves enough. You're a stain upon your own name. And it's better if you stop now. And the less you talk about this stuff, the less stained you will be for all of eternity. Turning to domestic politics, uh, and not so much the dividers, but an interesting sideshow going on. Uh, it still involves Trump, which is Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, the prosecutor prosecuting, prosecuting Trump in this political persecution based on a novel, and by novel, I mean ridiculous legal theory. Looks like Fannie's Fannie is in hot water. Now, I don't know if you've been watching the last couple of days, she took the stand uh, in her own defense saying that she doesn't have any conflict of interest, even though she first denied, but now admits to an affair with the guy that she hired as the head prosecutor on the Trump case. And then she's traveling around the country with him and he's paying for her. It's amazing if you watched any of this testimony, apparently, uh, her lover claims that she repaid him for all the trips in cash, for which there's no record, and which she claims she has a lot of cash laying around her house, for which she has no record in cash. And he never deposited any of the cash into his bank accounts, and he doesn't really know what happened to it, except for maybe some of it went to his kids. And then Fannie Willis started screaming on the stand yesterday, and accusing the attorney questioning her of lying and it had to be stopped. It's ugly. I mean, this is literally like a live soap opera. It's been incredible to watch the testimony in this. I think Fannie Willis is in big trouble. 
I think the prosecution is falling apart in the Trump case. If she gets disqualified, that means the entire office is disqualified. That means it will be transferred to a state's attorney and that case is likely to languish and or be completely dismissed. So I think this is the beginning of the end of the case for Donald Trump in Fulton County, Georgia. More importantly, uh, this could be the beginning of the end for Fannie Willis. And I think this is an important test for the United States of America, certainly for Fulton County, Georgia. Is there any justice in our justice system any longer? Because clearly this woman is a criminal. She's completely corrupt. She's a moron. If you've listened to her speak, it's horrifying that both she and the prosecutor she hired were judges because they're semi-illiterate morons. Uh, and I think what we're seeing here is the end game of DEI. These people have been elevated and elevated and elevated because of something other than merit. I, I would argue in this case, because of the color of their skin, nobody's been able to call them out for how stupid and corrupt they are for fear of being called a racist. This is the end game of DEI. This is what happens. You get morons, corrupt morons like Fannie Willis in power. So she's going down. That's what I predict. And hopefully she ends up in jail. Uh, if there is justice in our justice system, she will end up in jail. All right, believe it or not, there's still a presidential primary going on. I say believe it or not because you don't hear much about it. Uh, Donald Trump, I would argue, uh, I would say definitively is the presumptive nominee. Nikki Haley's living in some sort of fantasy land financed by leftists who just want to see her do damage to Donald Trump. Not sure why she's hanging out. Personal vendetta, money, I don't know. But it's not because she believes she's going to be president. Maybe she's hanging out hoping that Donald Trump has a heart attack or a stroke or something and she thinks because she hung around, she'll be the nominee. She still wouldn't be the nominee. So I don't even know why she's going. She's going to experience grave humiliation in the South Carolina primary. This is her own home state. She was a popular governor there. She's going to lose and she's going to lose badly. Excess of 10 points, maybe in excess of 20 points. It's going to be really bad. Maybe the primaries will be open over then. I have a feeling she's going to stick around for her own purposes, whatever those might be. All right, moving to international stuff. Putin has now killed his prime political rival in Russia. He poisoned him. That didn't work. He put him in prison. That didn't seem to be enough. And now apparently he was shivved by another inmate in prison somewhere in the Arctic. He's dead. And it doesn't mean anything. Except this intersects with a couple of other stories. It intersects with Tucker Carlson talking about Russia of late and saying, hey, all leaders kill people and Putin's basically the same as our leaders. I mean, our leaders are bad, don't get me wrong, but I'm not seeing political opponents being thrown in jail yet. I'm not seeing them be poisoned yet. I'm not seeing them be shivved in prison yet. I, you know, I'd be curious if Tucker thinks this makes Putin just like any other leader of the free world. And I don't think it does. I think Putin's a lot worse. Uh, that being said, I think most of them, a lot of them all across the globe are corrupt, but Putin's a particularly bad guy. So. The other thing to know is that Putin previously, or uh, Biden previously threatened severe consequences for Putin if this happened. So I imagine Vladimir Putin is now hiding in bed with the covers pulled over his head because he's so scared of President Pudding. 7 p.m. he needs his pudding, right? Does Joe Biden even remember that he said that? Probably not. Is he going to do anything uh, severe to Putin? I would guess severe, maybe. Maybe he issues a strongly worded letter. That's a maybe. That'd be pretty tough for old Puddin' Joe, but maybe that's what he does. I don't know. I don't think he's going to do anything. That would be my bet. 
On the international national side of things, that's our border, our southern border. By the way, in case you're wondering, I'm here in Texas, still wide open, still thousands and thousands of illegals pouring across the border, still drugs pouring across the border, fentanyl, weed, you name it. I saw a videotape from El Paso this week of a bale of drugs, like a look like a hay bale, on being delivered to a cartel vehicle on a street corner near a high school bus stop in El Paso. I'm not talking in Mexico. I'm talking about in the United States, right? Videotape, literally this giant bale being thrown to this car, loaded in the back of this suburban and driven away. This is going on in the United States of America. And right now, President Biden is threatening to release more migrants, more illegals into the interior if he's not given more money to process more illegals into the interior more quickly. So give me the money so that I can do it more quickly. Or if you don't give me the money, I'll just do it more quickly. That's Biden's current position. The American people disagree with him. I think that's gonna have a consequence for him during the election. So what's new with COS? It's been a crazy week for COS. Uh, hearings all over the country. We had a great victory in Idaho. That's probably my biggest highlight. Uh, seeing what happened, a committee, committee win in Idaho. That committee win was six three coming out of the Senate committee. I think we have the votes on the Senate floor. I'm super excited for moving ahead in Idaho. It's taken a long time for us to get there. That's our first committee win, first time getting out of a committee in Idaho. Seven years of hard work by that team. Janice Helfman, one of my hero leaders out there, state leader there in Idaho, leading the way. Just a stalwart, strong, stud leader for COS. So love you, Janice. Love to the whole team. Appreciate you guys. I know Rick Santorum's been out there a lot doing his hard work out there. Lost his voice out there this week. Literally came away with total laryngitis. So thanks to Rick. Thanks to Janice. Thanks to the whole team. Good stuff going on out there. Uh, there will be more hearings this coming week. You can check that out at conventionofstates.com. Now we're going to move to Q&A. Uh, and I'm going to go to first Alex Gallimore. So this is the Ask, Ask Mark Anything section. Anything. Literally anything. So here's what they asked when I said ask anything. Alex wants to know, with Ronna, Romney, McDaniel possibly on her way out, who would you nominate to run the RNC? Look, if it were up to me right now, I would nominate Harmeet Dillon. And the main reason is because she ran against Ronna McDaniel and put on a good showing. A lot of people supported her. It shows she has a lot of support within the RNC. I think she's a kind of an outsider type figure. Uh, she's definitely a warrior for just causes. So that's probably who I would put in place, but that's not going to happen. It looks like it's going to be the chairman of the North Carolina GOP. I think that's a bad decision. He's done nothing to secure the elections there in North Carolina. Uh, from my perspective, from what I heard from a lot of grassroots, it looks like the North Carolina uh, election inside the GOP was completely corrupt, uh, was not run according to the rules. There was never an election for the vice chair that was just nominated against their rules. There, there was software used that tallied votes incorrectly. Wow, where have I heard that before? So this is the way this guy, Mark Watley, runs the North Carolina GOP. I think it's a mess, and I think it's a bad idea for him to be the head of the GOP, the national RNC. Uh, but I think that's who Trump chose. Uh, and this is a decision, again, for those of you who love Trump and don't like when I criticize Trump, I think this is a bad decision. Um, and sometimes Trump does that. I think this guy's been kissing up to Trump for a long time. And I, I think that's why this decision is being made. I hope that gets reversed, but I don't think it's going to. I think that is the decision. Okay. Edna Kruger, our own COS artist, asked, what's up in Kansas? 
in Kansas, there is some litigation going on, and it is litigation by legislators who say that COS should already be counted as passed in Kansas. As Kansas has a constitutional provision that requires a two-thirds vote for an Article 5 resolution. And the reality is that's unconstitutional, in my opinion. It overrides the United States Constitution, which doesn't impose that requirement. And so now that litigation is taking place between legislators who voted for the resolution. Uh, that's been filed. The AGs weighed in. Uh, most recently, a bunch of Democratic legislators have uh, intervened in that case, have asked to intervene in that case. So briefing is going on right now. I'm guessing that case gets decided maybe in the next month or two. So that's what's going on. Uh, the rest of this week, make sure on Wednesday night, February 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be on COS at home. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, stuff near and dear to my heart that you might not have heard about before. Like one question is, what's the 30 by 30 plot? Have you ever heard of that? The federal government intends to own or control 30% of the landmass and 30% of the water resources in the United States by 2030 and 50% by 2050. This is terrible. It's anti-personal and private property rights. Uh, this is the federal government stepping in in no place it should be trying to take over the land. This also ties to the World Economic Forum. This is something that they believe in. It's not just a United States thing. They want us all living in 15-minute cities. If you've never heard of that, that means you're not going to go any more than 15 minutes from your home. Everything you could possibly want or need. As Klaus Schwab says at the World Economic Forum, you will own nothing and you will like it. We will own everything and you will be very satisfied. That's what they intend. That's what the federal government intends. They're going to take away all our property rights. And so you're going to need to pay attention to this. This is bubbling up in states all over the country. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dan and Margaret Beyer from American Stewards of Liberty. They're the national experts on this 30 by 30 plan and pushing back against it all across the country. We're going to have Angel Cushing, our own COS uh, person out of the mid Midwest. Uh, I met Angel. She's from Kansas. I, I met her at Mount Rushmore a couple of years ago. We've been talking about this ever since. So she's a hero in this movement. Our own Joanne Martin, who works with our grassroots here at the national level. Uh, she's big in this fight here in the state of Texas. This is going on everywhere. It's got a lot of different names. You're going to need to be at COS at home with me, Mark Meckler, Wednesday, February 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, on all your streaming platforms, wherever you want to watch. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be talking about all this stuff. This stuff is super, super important. It's really near and dear to me. Uh, also, we're going to talk about how to solve the border crisis using Convention of States. Believe it or not, Convention of States' solution to so many things, it is a solution to the border crisis. I'll explain exactly how that'll work and what we could do in Convention regarding the border. So that's all we've got for this week here on The Battle Cry. God bless you guys. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you Wednesday night on The Battle Cry. And if you can't make that, uh, sorry, Wednesday night on COS Dome. And if you can't make that, then we'll see you next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.